Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 410, The Killer Inside of Me. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like, we're going to talk about the killer. <laughs> no. And so, no, it was, you know, it's, so it's, with, a, it's a better than Ezra song title. And Well, I, when you said that inside of me, I thought of the uh, podcast from uh, Michael Rosenbaum, even though it's inside of you. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I, I guess it is. You know, I only watched the clips of that. I don't know. I, I did. That's all I watched, too. So. I think there's been one or two that I've watched all the way through, and they've been pretty good. But yeah, I just watch usually do the clips. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just one of those things. But um, yeah, so this week we are talking about The Killer. We are talking about the pen penultimate episode of the first half of season two of Invincible. Um, our, our new favorite topic, the Marvel's box office. Um, our second new favorite topic that will be fun is the, uh, the Hungry Games prequel box office. Uh, and then our uh, our dude Chris Gore sparked some controversy on Twitter this week. Twitter is controversy. I guess. Hold on, let me rephrase that. Um, X people's <laughs> response. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sparked some uh, some controversy on X this week, and um, yeah, it's uh, him and Alan were were doing their thing, and it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, well, we'll get into it. So anyway, uh, no Michigan talk this week um, because I don't, I don't think there's anything really new other than they're going to steamroll uh, there Maryland is, but today. I don't, so. Yeah. I, was like, I don't really care. Honestly, I'm done with this drama. I don't care. Yeah. Like I didn't care from this. Uh, and when I say I don't care, I don't care what people say or think. Right. Yeah. Again, we'll talk with the Chris about the Chris Gore thing. It's all about controversy and it's all about you know clutching your pearls and mm -hmm. thinking something it, it, you know thinking you are better or your morals are better than others when it's like dude it's not a big deal yeah that's that's basically what it comes down to but here's so. the thing is what he said like to to quote bobby fish where's the lie <laughs> but uh yeah it, it's just one of those bobby things fish. Where, yeah that guy uh I actually like him less than I like CM Punk. Wow, that's kind of harsh. I mean, yeah. Oh, by the way, CM Punk, CM Punk at full gear tonight confirmed. Oh, he's the <laughs> devil. <laughs> Which? Okay. Anyway, oh, I mean that would I'll, be I'll pretty freaking awesome. That I, I will say, like, as much as I don't like the guy, yeah, like that honestly, would be a not, yeah, that would be a cool. Swerve, mm -hmm. Ugh, that guy. Because I swerve when I drive. Thank you, um, Prince Nene <laughs> or Nana, <laughs> whatever. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Well, let's just like let's just hop right in then to the Marvels uh, box office. So it's been a week. The Marvels came out. Um, we were recording this on Saturday morning. Uh, what is this? The eighteenth of November. Uh, and currently, as of Thursday night, the Marvels is sitting at $54 million domestically. Um, 62 million, almost 63 million internationally, and 117 million worldwide. Do you know what this means, Daryl? 
No, I do not. What does it mean? It means in the last week the movie only made about six million dollars. Oh, about seven, almost seven. Like oh, maybe so. That, yeah, you're so between six and seven. So million. you're saying that's not good? No, no, not for a three hundred million dollar movie. No. Oh, and here's the best thing, because the next thing we're going to talk about, The Hunger Games, um, it's losing the majority of its premium screens because they had, oh crap, they had a whole bunch of uh, empty, no-sell theaters during the week. That The fact that they're losing their premium screens one week or less than well yeah one week into yeah the run yeah is i mean this movie and, might and, and not again. it might not make 200 million dollars globally to be 100% honest yeah. let me add let, let me add to that not only losing your you know some a lot of these premium screens mm-hmm but it's not like a major movie is coming out this weekend. Right. You have the Hunger Games. That's not a major movie. No. Like a, a highly anticipated movie. That's not it. No. That is bad. That is yeah. real. I, I didn't expect that. I honestly didn't expect right. that. Right. So. so, you know, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, what, what are we going to do here? Because, like, the only day it went up was Tuesday, um, which is typical. Uh, of 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 how it goes, like usually the Tuesday is a little better than the Monday, just because of like just movie going right. Um. So yeah, this is this is not not a good thing. So okay, so it's Friday and Thursday was twenty one million, um, twenty one point six million. It's Saturday went down to fifteen point two million, which is that's. That's the bad sign right there, right? Um, and then it's Sunday went all the way down to 9.2. Monday was 2.3. Tuesday went up to 3.3. So almost a million more. Um, it was a little under a million more. Wednesday went down to 1.7. And Thursday was 1.2. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, that hurts. And it was on 4,030 4, screens. Um, or, and yeah, so, and it's going to lose a whole bunch of that. Like when we talk about this next week after this weekend, um, I mean, it's not going to be good. It's, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really bad for this movie. Um, but yeah, let's see, let's see if we can find the second Friday. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, did did your did your your group did your text group did any of them like be like, oh yeah, no, this is uh, this is this is awesome. Still, like, are they are they still like this movie is gonna have massive legs because of? Uh... Oh no, like no, I I already told them that. Like, even though somebody thought that it was like yeah. or hoped that it was there, there's no way this movie was going to have legs. So. I, I mean, I've seen enough of the previews. I've read enough about. It. I don't need this again. I could say I might like the movie, which mm-hmm. let's be honest, I won't. But I've been wrong before. I know, I, but I understand how people look at this stuff. That this movie was not going to have legs of a Guardians three, right? 
how Guardians 3 had a, you know, for what it was, a subpar opening. But it had a strong, pretty decent showing at the end of the day because good of word of mouth. Right. This movie was not going to do that from the start. If you just pay even a slight bit of attention outside of your bubble right. as far as what people doesn't matter what Rotten Tomatoes audience review scores have. It, that doesn't matter. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't matter at all because it's usually a lie. Right. But even if you took that into account, I, w- I could tell you for a fact that it wasn't going to have that same legs as guard now with that said i didn't expect it to just completely fall on its face as right, badly as it right. did this week yeah. so i'm not going to say i expected that but yeah no way this and again this goes to show you that disney still is holding on to what they believe is their values of you know make it yeah, what is it? Make it uh make it a woman, make, make it, it a diverse, chick, make it gay. Make it gay and lame. You know. Yes. Like so. Make it a chick, make it gay and lame. <laughs> I said make it lame. Anyway, uh yeah, so there's this article from Forbes talking about like the Marvels makes a box office history, uh Hunger Games, the Hunger Games eyes number one spot. So Mar- Marvel did make a couple different like the Marvels made a couple different kinds of history. One uh, it is the highest grossing theatrical release all time of a black woman director at $110 million last weekend. That's I'm such a reach, right? They're just reaching so far. Um, and, and then two, it's also the lowest Marvel box office of all time. And that includes the original Ant-Man and the original Hulk uh, or the Incredible Hulk from 2008, when ticket prices were four dollars less on average. So when you're talking about what the Incredible Hulk did versus what the Marvels did, probably 60 percent more people saw the Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk, yes. Than saw the Marvels. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like this this Forbes article is so funny. It's like in its first three day of days of release, Marvel added more than seven million dollars domestically to its coffers, at least as much internationally, but still puts the film perhaps one hundred and twenty five million as early preview screenings for the troll. So then whatever this shit is. Uh, so they're they're saying like it's gonna make like another one hundred and twenty five million this week, and this article is from. Thursday. So this is before we found out what the Hungry Games did on Thursday night. Um, you know, it's a B score on Cinema Score. That is bad. That is not a good I was score. About to say, that is not like, good. Like no. you know, no. like everybody's like, oh well, it's just a B. Yeah, no, that's that's really bad. No. Um, yeah. like the worst Marvel movie is an A minus. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and again, it took me time to understand that over, like you know, a couple years ago. How they, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, B, yeah. Plus, B, B plus, that's good. No, it's not. It's yeah. not at all. So, yep, yep. yep. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to see what happens. We're going to keep tracking this. Um, you know, maybe the only saving grace it has is that there's nothing coming out because of the strike and everything they pushed back. Right. I mean... This does not bode well for Aquaman 2. Well, we know that. And they pretty but, much have given up on Aquaman 2. Sure. That they should just throw D- it on Max. Uh, but 
like they should yeah. have done with Blue Beetle, which you informed me this morning and is now on Max. So I yes. think we'll probably watch that later since I've already paid for it for the month. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, naked and naked and what naked attraction can't get all of my money from, <laughs> from my XBO. From Good my on HBO. you, man. Good on you. So anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. I, I don't know. I think the other fun thing is like they're blaming superhero fatigue, not get what go broke. So, you know, that's, that's the other little fun thing again that's, that's it's happening. it's these these are people that can't admit their own mistakes mm-hmm. and they can't admit when something that lines up in their moral well, compass you know why they can't fail. you know why they can't admit their own mistakes here because it means they're yeah. wrong and they can't yes. be wrong so anyway what, what what is it what did thanos say you could not live with your own failures right and what does that bring you back to me <laughs> which is failure. Right. All right. Let's move on to the hungry games. Um, all right. Speaking so of failure, speaking of failures, uh, Rachel Ziegler's led, uh, hungry games, prequel songbirds and snakes. Uh, <laughs> I-, I love this deadline article because t- deadline is just such a fucking shill. Like, you know, oh, they're so, you know, they are so fan um, girling it out. With this, you yeah, know, I, I love how they're like, like what well, open to to around six million dollars. It was sure it's around six million dollars. It's five point eight, like you know, less than what Captain Marvel did or the Marvels did, less than what the Flash did. So you know, let's let's stick there. Um, and they're looking at a Friday between eighteen point five and twenty million, including the previews. So. Just like looking at what Captain Marvel did. Or, shit, why do I always call that? Looking at what the Marvels did at 21 million, a little over 21 million, right? Um, for its Thursday, Friday. And it already made less. And they're saying between 18. If it makes 18.5, they should be happy. They should be 100% yeah. happy. And we'll it's probably static. know that number later today. But we're recording in the morning, so we don't. But they're they're you know they're saying that this movie is going to open between forty five and fifty million. There's no way this movie sniffs fifty million, and it's only in thirty three three thousand seven hundred and seventy six theaters. So it's in over three hundred less than what the Marvels opened in. So yes. Um, but they're saying here, uh, the movie might come in under $50 million, uh, sympathetic to the fact that the current marketplace needs to be graded on a curve for a while due to the aftermath oh, of the strikes this- and the actors forbidden to promote. But also, it's not bad for a movie that cost $100 million plus. If it makes $50 million, it is a nightmare for them because they... The, they the, the studio does not get $50 million. They only They're only... A quarter of the way to making their budget for the just yeah. the principal photographer, just for the filming, not to mention all of the marketing and the PR that they have to do because Rachel Ziegler is a fucktard. You know, it, it's just like the, these movies are bombs. This movie will will lose money. It, it's yes, it absolutely is going to lose money. So and. Again, going back, unable to rectify, they they can't reconcile that fact that right. they have to 
pull out every excuse that they can. Superhero fatigue. Oh yeah, they can't promote this. Mm-hmm. It, it does misogyny. Honestly, not you know. Honestly, to be let's be honest. I actually think if they promoted this movie, it might do worse because she doesn't know how to Zegler doesn't know how to close her mouth. No. And, and the, the, the stupidity weird, that comes weird, out of her mouth. Weird. Yeah. And, and she's just she comes off as an unlikable person. Right. And she's like, this is the first ever female led movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's just. Right. Oh, she's she is a. Yeah, she's a piece of work. Oh yeah, because um, I think is tr- isn't Trolls coming out soon? Um, yes, Trolls. I believe the article mentioned that it had it had a look. Pr- Trolls band together looked so- looks solid with a yeah. eight uh, one eight point seven million dollar Friday, including one point three million in previews. Okay. So yeah, so it's it, you know it's one of those things, but yeah, I mean there's not. I mean there's nothing on like. You know, I think the only interesting thing coming out in the next two weeks is the 4K special edition limited release of The Abyss. Oh, yeah, I did say that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, if I'm Bob Iger, I have a really close eye on this. And if, th- if this is a, a bomb, bomb, like, you know, her other movie, Shazam! Fury of the Gods... Um, maybe you think about just writing off Snow Brown, you know? Yeah. That movie is, that movie is dead already. It doesn't matter. You're, they're trying to Sonic the Hedgehog it, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to work again. Cause you have the one thing that you can't, that right now you can't get rid of with CG. Yeah. I guess you can, but is, and it's her. It's her. And then add to that the fact of how you are absolutely tearing down what actually Snow White is about. Yeah. Yeah. I would really want love for them to write this off. Yeah. But at the same time, I kind of want to see it fail. And again, I usually don't go that route with stuff. However, when you have these companies and you have these actors and you 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 have this stuff, these just uh, terribly written movies, right. these movies that are subverting the truth about you know the re- especially when you're talking about remakes and they're subverting expect not subverting expectations but changing the dynamic of what the movie actually or what the story actually meant mm-hmm. for their own purposes. I do want those things to fail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they're they're just coping in this article from Deadline. Um, so they're breaking down, like, women showed up la- uh, last night for Songbirds and Snakes at 65%, which is a tad bit higher than Mockingjay2's 60%. This is where they're going to run into trouble. The 18 to 34 turnout was huge at 75%. Huge at 75% for something that made $5.8 million on... You know, 3,300 screens. Yes. Or 3,700 screens. Biggest demos in descending order are women under 25 at 36%. That is not good because that's your key demo, right? Or, sorry, no. Uh, Mm -hmm. Followed by women over 25 at 28%. So, like, they're they're not even talking about the demos here. It's just teenagers and adults. 
you know, essentially just split at the 25 men over 25 at 21% and men under 25 at port 14% girls under 12 showed up at 75% with kids overall saying the movie is a must see at 94%. Okay. So let's break this down. So it is what? Um, 5.8 million. Let me pull up my calculator. Remember when they said we'd never have calculator on us at all time? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, 5.8 million, and we're going to be generous and divide that by 13, even though the, the average movie takes a little more than that. Um, so that is 446,152 people went to see um, that. You know, that's pretty good. So let's say I'm just going to round that up and be generous. I'm going to be deadline here. So out of 450,000... <laughs> um, so let's see, 75%. Wait, hold on. No, let's do this. Uh, where'd it go? All right. So they're saying uh, 65%. So 65% of 450,000. Okay. That's 292,000 people. All right. That's women. So girls under 12, they're saying. That's 75%. See, here's the thing. This math does not work. Like, um, I'm thinking, wow. So a Anthony D'Alessandrio, or D'Alessandrio, D'Alessandrio, yeah, wrote this. Dude's using girl math. Like, you know, it's like, what is happening here? <laughs> like, dude, um, you know, and, and like, they're, they're trying to compare all this, like, to Five Nights at Freddy, you know, and Five Nights at Freddy cost 20 million dollars to make right um come on five nights at freddy oh, I didn't know it was that low. yeah it's sitting at 256 million uh 254 worldwide 129 million of that is you know domestic the other 127 million is international like it's a horror it's a us-based horror movie i've been a video game right um it opened mm. to 80 million dollars <laughs> yes so and like i told you yeah. that was day and date release too meaning that right. it was on peak i didn't realize it was ha getting yeah. a theatrical right. release i, I didn't thought it was that. gonna be on peacock you're right and that was in yeah. 3600 so, theaters um for the next for the second weekend it went up to almost 3800 theaters and now it's back down to 36 just under 3700 theaters but this movie's done well and it's got it's it's increased the theaters that it's in right so, mm -hmm. um, but right. again, that's all going away this weekend because the Hunger Games is going to be on the premium screens. So, but you're going to have these empty theaters. It's like Bud Light. Like, you know, they, they, they can't keep these movies in the premium screens week over week when people don't show up. No, you're, you're absolutely right. So, so like, you know, and like, you know, Bud Light, their problem was that nobody was buying it. And they couldn't clear it off the shelf space, so they lose their shelf space. They don't get to keep that stuff on there because it is a you know, um, you know, it, it's like beer doesn't last forever on the shelf. Yes. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So yeah, it's kind of silly. Um, all right, let's move on. Like, let's talk about Chris Gore for a second. Um. So Chris Gore at this at that Chris Gore on um, 
Twitter the other day responded to, or I'm sorry, did a, okay, this was on the 12th. So um, he retweeted or reposted, sorry, quote posted a, a, a post. God, I just want to say tweet. So a tweet from Variety. Um, <laughs> Disney Marvel. So this is from Variety. Their, 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 their tweet on November 12th. Disney Marvel's cinematic universe is no longer a bulletproof box office franchise. That much is clear after the Marvels misfired at 47. Actually, that's wrong. It was only 46 uh, um, million in its opening weekend uh, to land the worst debut in MCU history. Um, yeah, that's it. So he quote tweeted, turning Marvel and Star Wars into girl brands will prove to be one of the costliest decisions in entertainment history. Um, this led to, you know, backlash, people, you know, um, you know, supporting him, not Aaron Sparrow is who's regular on, on thinking critical ads dropping this week. will refer to it as record breaking. <laughs> so, which it should, <laughs> it absolutely should. If they had any sense, um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. And, you know, all these, all these people who are like, Oh, you know, yeah, you're just a misogynist or you're just sexist or whatever. Um, you know, it, it's it's stupid. So here's the thing. Movies made for boys, like boy movies, for example, we'll just use Captain America Winter Soldier as an example of this. Um, mm -hmm. That movie's made for everyone. They yes. might want to call that a boy movie, but that movie is made for everyone. It's got something for everyone in that movie. You want to talk about a diverse Marvel movie? Captain America Winter Soldier is a diverse Marvel movie. Yes, it's got a white straight male lead, but he's got his black friend. He's got his female friend. He's got his black boss. He's got his black boss's assistant. You know, it, it, it's it's all of this stuff that we talk about. Like, um, you know, it's got Gary fucking Shanling in it. Like, so, you know, they covered the mentally <laughs> handicapped. Um, you know, it, it's... <laughs> It's got all, all, all. It's like you know, it's a great cross section when you're watching this movie, and it's a great story, right? And you know what? When you watch a movie like that, and and, and that's a that's a actually very good example. It could be several other movies mm -hmm. like that too in the early MCU. Sure, you don't think about that. Right. However, when you see a Captain Marvel, when you see the Marvels, when you see Eternals, and some of these other movies. It's so glaringly in your face what they're trying to do that, and again, this is the important part. If it was like that and they were well-written, mm -hmm. you wouldn't think about it. But because that is the number one thing they're trying to do, mud diversity, right? over everything else, over story and character, it stands out even more than it would. Because right. I've seen movies where I, I, I that were at, that I've liked, and mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that's a little bit divert, that's a little bit woke. But right. you right. know what? It was out of my head because what they were doing on screen from a writing standpoint took precedent over a little bit of sprinkling of diversity in there. And when I say diversity, I don't mean just having a black character. I mean having a character. And this is what the the MCU has done. They are switching characters 
just for the fact to make them diverse. Like mm-hmm. these characters have have origins in the comics. They're X, Y, or Z, and they completely change this character just to get you know to you know tick off a box and say, okay, we have this black right. female character in here, or yeah. we have this female character in here. Oh, we have this gay character. Whatever it is, and again. Disney is the biggest culprit, but there are a lot yeah. of companies doing this. And this is what's what people are tired of. And you know, this whole thing with Chris Gore saying that, he's absolutely right. What look at what, when the MCU started to fail. Look at how Star Wars is received now. It's all because of the diversity and focusing on diversity instead of good storytelling and good characters. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's because these people don't, they don't know how to create. They only know how to destroy. Um, yes. Plain and simple. You know, uh, so like back to my point, right? Like, quote, boy movies are for everyone. Girl, girl movies are for feminists at this point. Plain and simple. So you're taking this whole large audience and you're cutting it down to a niche, right? And then when you do mm-hmm. all the quote unquote diversity movies, you're bringing that back down even further to a smaller niche within an existing niche, right? Like you look mm-hmm. at a movie like Black Panther. Black Panther succeeded because people were really excited with what the Russos did to that character and how they introduced him in Civil War and then in Infinity War, right? Um, and then you have someone like Ryan Coogler who came in who I really had high hopes for Ryan Coogler as a director. I really, really did. Um, I think the fact that Creed 2 was better than Creed 1 really says a lot. Um, but he is not who we thought he was as a creator and a filmmaker. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Black yeah. Panther and Aquaman, the only difference in one happens in an um, in a tropical forest in Africa and the other happens underwater. That's the yeah. main difference of those movies. Um, land, oh, you mean Land Aquaman? Yeah, that's what I like to call it, Land Aquaman. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for reminding everybody that that's my favorite thing to call it. How dare you? Um, <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, Chris Gore is not wrong. They took two very well-established franchises that had massive appeal across every demographic. And they destroyed them by making them princess brands. And they do not want to, again, like we just talked about, they can't admit that they're wrong. Mm -mm. Chris Gore says something that is not at all controversial. And now people are blocking him and, you know, calling him misogynist and, Whatever, you know, like all, all the go-to, like, oh, well, you're a you're a misogynist or you're a racist or you're a white supremacist. It's like, you know what? Like those words don't mean anything anymore to anyone. They mean they mean nothing. nothing. They nothing. mean they mean less than nothing. And it's just they're navel lint. Yeah. They're the toe jam. <laughs> so like here, uh, this is from someone who responded, uh, the fragile ego of a misogynistic man on full display. It's like, uh, okay. This comes in the year where Barbie grows huge. Goes to show that women have their own interest and maybe superhero movies are farther down that list. Well, yeah. Like, 
again, whatever. Girl brands have a time and place for them. Disney effed up. I believe these brands can make a comeback. I still have hope. You're wrong, Chris Watson. Sorry, but um, you know, it's just re- ridiculous. Like they're I, again, know. these these people are missing the point. It's not the girl brand because Barbie obviously is a girl brand right. with a storied history. He's talking about the fact that you took these movies that had a broad appeal to everyone and then completely changed the formula. I don't understand. Like to you know, go with the South Park thing. Is this really this hard to understand? Well, yeah, but here. OK, let's let's look at this. Let's look at this. If you did to Barbie what they have done to the MCU. All right. What what would they what would they have changed about Barbie if they were doing this? Who would have been the main character? Ken. Ken. Ken would have been the main character. Barbie would have shown up for a little bit, been relegated to the fourth lead, and then Ken and the other diverse versions of Ken dolls would have been teaching life lessons. Yes. I'm looking at you, Blade. Um, <laughs> I was think exactly so, thinking of Blade. You know, it, it, it's this thing where you have to stop. You cannot continue to make these movies the way you're making them and then look at fans like uh, the director of, of the Marvels did and say, you all are bad for not watching my movie. No, you didn't have any faith in your movie because you left with two months left to go in, in the production of it to go shoot something else yep. that nobody's going to watch. Yeah. And Sorry, Nia. It's, like, I, I, you I, know? I, and this is the thing. If you're talking to water cooler, like if we're talking about movies and what one likes and what one doesn't, mm-hmm. yeah, we give each other shit. The this is this this becomes the problem though. Like we're just giving each other shit, right? But these people, actually, they are so engrossed in, you know, this movement, and I use that with air quotes, that they cannot distinguish this movie or this show or whatever this entertainment piece is from their own beliefs right they are so caught up in it that's why they feel when someone says this movie sucks they feel like they're being personally attacked right but what like the brie larson said it is this a personal attack or something that's they can't differentiate right and that's the big issue where with a lot of these people defending these movies like they're going to war and and again i'm not using that term loosely it you know it's it's a different type or not physically but from a ideological standpoint, it is war. Right. And these people don't, they, they can't separate this, that right. from, no. Hey, somebody's own, uh, somebody's opinion of something with how they feel about themselves. And right. that's a them problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, it's, um, I don't know, whatever. Um, Dude, Chris, you're awesome. We love you. Like, continue yeah, doing what me. you're doing. Film Threat is, you know, one of the better reviewed channels. Um, the what was the Jennifer Lawrence one that we both liked that just came out? Um, oh, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. That movie's great. That movie is awesome, and I probably would not have watched it had I not seen Chris Gore talking about it. Um, there's a movie they talked about recently called Bottoms, and I can't wait until it's available to stream. You know, it's a a story about two lesbians who start a fight club with so they can try and sleep with cheerleaders. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Like, yes, please. 
<laughs> right? I've never heard of that until now, and that sounds hilarious. Right. And, like, I watched the preview. It looks hilarious. Like, the football players wear their football uniforms all day long. You know? That is hilarious. It, that yeah, is. it's just, yeah, it's great. Like, it, like watching, it's like, yes, this looks great. These people are, like, these two girls, these two main girls are, like, infectious, and I want to see it. And, like, that would be considered a, quote, unquote, woke movie. Or a quote unquote diverse movie, even though there's very little diversity in it, you know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, are you ready to move on? Yes. Okay. Um, so, Invincible, the penultimate episode of the first half of season two. Um, it's called "The Missive in the Machination." Directed by Taylor Johnson, written by Adria Lang. Um, we have a bunch of Alan the Alien in this, which was fun. Um, I actually really liked that part. Um, and like you know, they're they're playing with the timeline in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff that like has had to happen. Like they did the whole like Rick getting kidnapped and turned into a Reanimator in the first. Yeah season which that didn't happen until they got to college um but whatever right obviously making um oh shoot what's the roommate's name will will thank you william remember he he corrects everybody william uh making william gay (laughs) just from the jump um you know and then yeah i don't know so this one is interesting. Oh, the Debbie stuff. The Debbie stuff is the, will continue to be the thing that bothers me the most because the Debbie redemption story where she goes from like, I was a pet. I'm an alcoholic. Woe is me. I'm with a dude. Now I'm a badass is like the coolest subplot that goes through the entire series. Right. Especially when Nolan and- comes back. You know, yeah, and I, I, I again, I, I appreciate it. I did like this. I think I like this episode more than the last one. Mm-hmm. But the, what we're seeing, even with the, some of the good stuff, is that condensed timeline. And I, and again, we've talked about you're not going to do a one for one because no. it's, you're this show's not going to be on there that long. And also, there's just so much stuff you do have to pick and choose. But they're hour long episodes again, like. But again, like with Dune and you know, going to something else where, yes, we understand you pick and choose, but what did, what did the guy say in uh, Last Crusade? You chose poorly. In a lot of these instances. Poorly. Yeah, they're eliminating the nuance and major development of character arcs for, I mean, some sometimes it's, for, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, creative decision as yeah. far as okay what they want to showcase but it's some of it's just not going to work and like you said the thing with debbie the choice they made in season one mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where it, it's going to hamstring her development right. I, again i don't know how long this show is going to be on maybe another season or two whatever Who i don't knows? know yeah doesn't matter i mean this one kind of like where sn- they this season kind of snuck up on everybody there was no real like invincible is coming like until like two weeks before the the episode aired, and then we're like, "Oh, hey, Invincible's well, I saw, back." We saw something like, yeah, we saw something like six months ago, yeah. and then it was radio silent. Yeah, and then so, Adam Eve came out with no warning. Oh, absolutely! I just turned on and Prime was, one day. Yeah, it's we, like thought, they did the Adam Eve comic. I'm definitely gonna watch this. Um, 
So, yeah, and like Eve, like Eve has been completely sidelined in this show. Completely. Yes. Um, you know, my biggest gripe with this one is um they they're doing the Rudy Monster Girl thing. Monster Girl is just a little girl in this. She's not a 28-year-old mm-hmm. woman who de-ages every time her powers get used. Like as far as we right. know, right? Um, and then they go to the movies and in the like Rudy who has like zero street sense um, when they go to the movies and the guy's like, oh, it's rated R, you can't see this. He goes over to a guy and and he was like, that guy over there said the team, based on whatever shirt he's wearing, uh, you know, sucks. And I told him I was like, you know, he doesn't believe me that I'm right, that they don't. And the guy's like, yeah, this kid right here. Yeah, he's right. Um, and they get in. Instead, Monster Girl goes and finds a hooker and brings her back. And it's like, why, yeah. why do you continue to... Like take like the cool little moments from characters because that's an important moment for Rudy in the book because he mm-hmm. is still new to living outside of his tube or not living through one of his robots. Yeah, and and and, right. and to take that away, it, it makes him less capable. Like the whole thing with fear in his brain and stuff like that. Like you know, the one thing that's really cool about about Robot is he can like infinitely. His power is he can infinitely split his focus. Right. So he can pay attention to like a thousand things at once. Which I find that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like I do good. Like I can split my focus among like three things and still be like really productive. But, you know, you get more than that, then it all just falls apart. It's a house of cards. Um, you try to make me focus <laughs> on one thing. I'm just going to get bored. Um, so, but you, you know what I'm saying? Um it's just like you have these characters that are rich developed characters and for whatever reason when seth rogan and evan goldberg get involved in something they want to make it a dick joke or they want it to be just the lowest common denominator of whatever it is you're watching yes mark included like every character now is some like they've either either been race swapped, gender swapped, gender race swapped, sexuality swapped, right? Mm-hmm. Every character from what's in the comic. And that doesn't matter, you know, but you have the whole thing with Debbie. Um and then she's at the the superhero survivors like, you know, club. That wasn't in the book. That didn't need to be in the show. Yeah. Well, I, I will go back on one thing yeah. where the, when you're talking about the swapping, it, it matters because of why they're doing it now. And the fact that they're taking away, and this is the important, this is the most important part to me is that they're, t- like you said, you mentioned with Rudy, you mentioned with Mark and Debbie, they're taking away these moments from these characters that the, the developmental moments that are very important to, their arcs throughout the throughout the series and throughout you know throughout the story right for what reason and and it's it's not not a good reason that they're doing this right so yeah. that's my problem with this um so, i will um, say like i really did like the stuff with uh alan yeah i, I like that a lot um uh, thaddeus was really strange to be voiced by peter cullen like yeah, it's just that, optimus that, prime was, it's like come on well it, like, it was funny yeah. because I happen I happened to look down right before he spoke and I'm like, what? What's going on here? Yeah. So yeah. So 
But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, god, like, like I get it. I'm hyper biased because it's in my top two favorite comics of all time, right? Um, yes. And it's amazing. It, it, it like for me, it never had like that Walking Dead like like. Twenty-five issue, like okay, like I'm only buying this because it's culturally relevant. Um, so, you know, it's um, it, it, it never had any of that, and I, I just don't know. I'm I'm I don't know. So, uh, okay, so out of five, is it a dog or is it a bug? Z, what do you give this? I uh, three point seven five. Okay. I went with a 4.12 because I still liked it. Like, I liked, like, the Alan stuff yeah. was great. Like, um, yeah, I love the Alan stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, poor Alan, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I definitely like this was, better uh, than episode two. Um, actually, I guess yeah. I liked it a little more than the first episode um, because the Alan stuff was great. Because Alan's a great character. Even, even like, like, even though it's voiced by yeah. Seth Rogen. But, and, and the other thing too is uh, the Viltramites who showed up to beat him up. Um, it was just the two guys. Like, you know, they added the, yeah. the third. Oh, uh, well, well, you so. can't, yeah, you can't do that. Man. Yeah. Come on. But I know, but yeah, like, but and they made, they made that they've made her, they made her so much older. Um, yeah. Did you notice that? Like she had the gray hair and everything. Yes. And, um, it's like, oh, wait, absolutely. What did, why are you doing this? Like, do you think they're going to do the thing with Mark that happened in the comic? Absolutely not. They have no to, they way. have to, they, they have to. Yes. They're not going to do it. Or they're gonna. I, I. I they have to do that it. Would put they him, have to do it. Well, I mean that that, I mean it does fall into their agenda, you know, in the in the sense of mas- emasculating a man, right? Again, which I mean that I don't know how they do that scene or that and and well, give it justice. I think and the, and the importance of what happens afterwards. Yeah, you know? I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna do the scene. But it's not going to have any of the positive payoff that it had in the comics. Now, I and that's yeah, right. That's and, yep. It, it's going to be like I don't know something, but I, I just want to know like so they've made Amber this like lovesick puppy for him now. Be safe, babe. You know I will, babe. I love you, babe. Don't call you me. Know. Don't call me baby. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I did think it was funny how she picked him up against the wall or the fridge to make out with him. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, it yeah, was, it's, yeah. I I just can't. I I will say she's better than she was in season one. I just okay. Don't she's better like than she was in season one, but she's still worse than Amber in the comics, and it's because yes, and I there's there's been she. She did not know he was a superhero when he left for two weeks or six weeks or whatever it was, right? Yeah, right. Like, that's the thing. Like, having her know that and be like, oh, well, I knew it all along. It's like, shut up. Like, you know. Yeah. Shut your, shut your whore mouth. (laughs) You know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where, but I will say I did like Paul F. Tompkins doing the, um, the narration for the episode that would be fun to have more of Mm -hmm. so anyway all right um let's move on to our final topic of the day the killer 
Not Let, the killers. Not the killer. I keep saying the killers, but that was the um, that was the Ashton Kutcher um, shitty girl from Grey's Anatomy movie. Yeah, I was I was just actually talking about the band. Catherine the Heigl. Catherine Heigl. That's that's who I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Okay. So let's just get this out of the way. Out of ten, Brian and Daryl grossly disagree about this movies. What do you give this? <laughs> I give it a five. Wow. Wow. I give it a three. This is. Did you think I was going to go higher? I thought you were going to be around like a six and a half, maybe a seven, the way you talked about it. No. Um, No. This is probably the worst David Fincher movie ever made. Uh, I don't know because let's 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 just quickly let's let's check. Yeah, let's quickly go through his filmography here. Um, Okay, there we go. Let's see where's his filmography. What, What the hell? Wikipedia, you're letting me down. I'm just going to IMDb. Oh, here we go. All right. Oh. Alien 3, better than this movie. And that uh, says a no. lot. Yes. I don't Seven. I can't, I can't. I no. No. 7 is a goddamn oh, masterpiece. The game. Absolutely. Better than this movie. The game. Fight Club, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yes. Zodiac, really good, really underrated. Case okay, of Benjamin. I've never seen that. Case or the curious case of Benjamin Mutt, Benjamin Buttons. Really like that groundbreaking movie. The Social Network is great. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I have not seen, so I don't know, but I'm just going to assume it is. It's better. It's better. Gone Girl, which is a a a, a highlight in both Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike's acting careers. Um, Mank. I don't know what Mank is, so I, I never don't seen know. that. And then. The killer. Well, with all that said, those aren't there aren't a lot of terrible movies in there. there or are any not, movies I would even call bad that I've seen, I right. should say. That I've seen. And then on Except top Alien of all 3, of this, like he was an assistant cameraman on Return of the Jedi. Um and a matte photographer really? in the Temple That's of interesting. Duke. All right. He also was uh oh wait, okay. But then TV, House of Cards, director, executive producer, Mindhunter, probably the best show Netflix ever did. Uh, I liked Mindhunter. I I don't think it was um, that spectacular. He, Didn't he do Love, Death, and Robots? You did. You already said House of Cards. Yeah, House of Cards was the first. You one. already said House Love, of Death, Cards. and Robots, yeah. which I know a lot of people liked. I I never watched it. And then a TV show. He, called, uh, he directed Bad Traveling. Ooh, so, that was a really right? good one. Yes, and then that um, was absolutely great. Oh, a, a thing called Vior, V I O R. Um, which uh, is an American television series featuring video essays about cinema. Oh, uh, so it might be Voyeur. Um, It was produced by Academy-nominated director David Fincher and released on Netflix in 2021. So here's the thing. This is a Netflix original movie, and it's trash. Okay, this is a Netflix original movie, and it's 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 deep. This is where, yeah, it's not so, trash at all. Okay, so you were like, let's review The Killer. And I was like, yes, because I really like Mac- Michael Fassbender. But then yeah. I had to, f- I forgot that Michael Fassbender makes a lot of bad movies. Well, again, it's not Michael Fassbender. It's the fact, like you said, it's David Fincher, which both like he was the one that came up with the idea of wanting to do this. And so it's based on a, I believe a French graphic novel, which again, never heard of it at all. So I will say this. 
it was not what I wanted it to be. Sure. And, and I don't mean from a good or like, even if it was great, I still wanted more from it than what we got. Yeah. I mean, the Michael, fact that it, yeah. it was Michael Fassbender makes a lot of good movies too, but like, he's like, you know, for every, you know, inglorious bastards that he's in, he's in Jonah Hex, you know, I forgot he was in that. For every Haywire, he's in Prometheus. For every... Which is just now on Netflix, by the way. For every 12 Years a Slave, he's in X-Men Days of Future Past. You know, for uh, <laughs> for every whatever, Days he's in... Days of Future Past? Well, dude, get out of here with that. He's Sorry. in... For every whatever, he's in Assassin's Creed. He's in X-Men <laughs> Apocalypse. He's in Steve Jobs. You know, it, it's just like... I, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just, but but again, you're, 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 I know you're messing around, but yeah. I mean, it's true, but again, you're going with, it's David Fincher too. I so. Yeah. Like that's, that's the part that like is so disappointing. Um, I will say he was in this movie called shame with Carrie Mulligan, which is really, really good. And, um, one of the best parts of that movie is the, um, what did she, uh, the lady who was, uh, Abby on, um, the Ichabod Graham show, Sleepy Hollow. Oh yeah, yeah, is in it, and or uh, was she Abby? That was her name, right? Sleepy Hollow. Where'd you go? Yeah, yeah, Abby. Um, the witness. Lieutenant. Yes, uh, Lieutenant Mills. Uh, she's naked in that movie, and she's freaking hot. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> get the perviness out of the way there. Um, but okay, so the killer not the killers is uh it's an action dude action is such a use action is not no action is no, severely no, like, it's not it is called an american it is not an action well okay here it says the killers is a 2023 american action thriller film directed by david's french from a screenplay by andrew kevin walker based on the french graphic novel series the killer written by alexis matz noland and illustrated by luke jacobon uh, the film stars Michael Fassbender in the titular role alongside Arliss Howard, Charles Parnell, Carrie O'Malley, um, whatever, Tilda Swinton in supporting roles. And the pilot, the pilot follows the assassin who gets embroiled in an international manhunt after a hit goes wrong. On paper, it's like, holy shit, this movie is directed by David Fincher, has Michael Fassbender, who is in very good movies and very bad movies, there's no in-between, and it has Tilda Swinton, who... I fucking love that summary of it took a lot of liberty. It is a goddamn lie. <laughs> action. Let me, no, let me one action. Let me rewrite this real quick. <laughs> the killer is a 2023 American snoozer directed by David Fincher from a screenplay uh, by some guy based on a French graphic novel that nobody in America read Starring Michael Fassbender in one of those roles where he took as a favor for someone that also has Tilda Swinton in a uncharacteristically bad role. (laughs) Uh, Some of it's true, (laughs) at least. So, like, the first 20 minutes of this movie is him doing yoga, waiting for the perfect time to kill somebody. And passing up probably 12 different chances to kill the guy. And they're making you think he wants to kill the girl the entire time. It's like, that is not his target. Yeah. they Yes. 
because I thought that I absolutely thought that with the way he was holding out on mm-hmm. taking the shot. It's like, oh, so, he's in love let, with her. No, he's not. Yeah. He's trying well, to kill let, her husband. Let's, yeah. So let's kind of, I, I just want like, not necessarily, we'll get to some specifics, but overall, what I liked about this movie, because again, like I said, I, I thought it was solid with issues and the issues are part of it. The issues was the biggest issue to me was pacing. And or lack I, I know you didn't like it, but yes, absolutely. What I know, I actually liked the voiceover and the way he did it. What I didn't like about it was that there was no variety, not necessarily in his tone, mm-hmm. but in what he is talking about. It was there like was listening no to NPR. Of... Oh, I don't know, but <laughs> I'll take your work for that. But I am the killer. It, it actually, and this is how I go about killing during my day. Yeah. I eat good food. I practice yoga. I listen to a banger soundtrack, and I talk yeah. to my lawyer on the phone. Then, when I'm ready to make my kill, I wait for the perfect moment, and then I miss, and I almost get caught yeah. because I'm trying to flee on an electric scooter. So, like I said, I actually didn't. I actually didn't mind that. That was a little bit overboard. I didn't mind that at all. But what could have been? What I could have? What I rather would have had? And again, the first twenty minutes—that's that's fine. I don't care about that because that actually does a good job of setting up the character that he is, even though it's slow. That doesn't. Yeah, I get it. Ish- I get it. Yeah. No, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. The issue is, and again. What I said, there was no variety in the way he approached things. And and again, part of that was his character. However, to make something compelling, especially after that 20 minutes when he goes home and his girlfriend you know, got worked over because he screwed up, mm-hmm. we should have seen slow, steadily but slowly a change in his demeanor, a change in the way he spoke in his little voiceovers right. to add to the fact that Hey, what happened? It's it's pushing him a little bit away from all this stuff he, you know, his diatribe on being this, being that. That would have been much more compelling than having him the same throughout. Yeah. And so even if I did like his delivery and understand, especially again, the first part mm-hmm. of the movie, right. There was no development of him or change in him based on what happened. And that that was one of my big problems. And then, like you said, the lack of pacing. Yeah. Like, um, talk about holding on to scenes too long, scenes that necessarily didn't matter. Right. Like, where it's like you could have cut 20 seconds out of this uh, 60 second scene. Yeah. And I mean, like, so, you know, Charles Parnell as the lawyer is such a good actor. And, like, they gave him so little to do, really. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, the coolest thing he did was die. By drowning to death after getting shot by a nail gun, right? <laughs> um, the the whole thing where he like kidnaps the assistant and you know like just I don't, he took so many under he's supposed to be this professional and he's like this is how I go yes. about not getting caught but I continue to take unnecessary risks and I'm going to make your death quick and non suspicious so your children can claim your life insurance. It's like all of a sudden he well, cares, so. Well, I mean, 
I, I, my thing about that is like, well, they're going to see the the marks on her her wrist where she was tied up. Right. So. And the fact that her neck was broken before and she died before she fell down the steps, like all of, all of those are postmortem, even from just seconds, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. You, we, the thing we most grossly agree, disagree about is the fight scene in this movie. I yes. thought it was gratuitous and long and actually kind of boring and it could have turned on a light. Instead, I felt like I was watching like one of the later Transformer movies where they're all the same color mm -hmm. and they're fighting in the dark. And it's like, yes, which one of those is Optimus Prime again? Like, what is happening so, here? So, yeah, I will give you the fact of the of that it was too dark. Mm -hmm. I mean, and again, I watched it at night, so I saw everything. I was able to see, but if I watched it a second time on my laptop. And the light coming in, and it's very difficult yeah. to see. It actually reminded me of the 2014 Godzilla too, oh, in yeah. that regard. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I watched I didn't it think of that. When I, I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. But I mean, again, we're, we're my, on my TV. I didn't have any lights on really, so that absolutely changes it. So I will give you that. Yeah, I will absolutely give you the fact that hey, if they would have just turned one light on, you yeah. could have seen a lot. Right. Yes, I know atmosphere, whatever. I I know why they did that, but it would have been more effective. What I don't agree on, especially because I, after the fact, I went and watched it. The fight scene in that and the fight scene in Haywire One, they're almost well, exactly on. the same. You did not give you did not give context for why we're talking about Haywire all of a sudden. Oh yeah, well Michael Fassbender. <laughs> well no, but not just that. What did I say about the fight in Haywire? What what did you say? That I liked it better than this fight. I thought it was a better on-screen fight. Oh. Oh yeah, well I was well, getting that, I know, into but, that. Well, anyway, yeah, but you just kind of one of your into biggest it, things. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, one of your biggest things about this fight it was like it felt too choreographed. I watched both of them mm -hmm. side by side, or sure. not technically side by side, back to back. This one absolutely felt less choreographed than the Gina Carano, as much as I love Gina Carano and Michael Fassbender fight. Like watching it, watching them back to back, there is no way you can say this felt more choreographed. Now you can say you like that one better. Well, which you know what the one, difference is better lighting well that and like with the Gina Carano Michael Fassbender you were curious if they were going to fight or have sex like it was never like it was yeah. kind of like until like you know she won it's like well, he hits is her this... like the second they close I the door I know but it's yeah. like is this foreplay like David Sonnenberg is a really weird dude you know so you don't oh, know what's happening yeah, I know. <laughs> you know it's like wait what is what is going like on Mr. Here? And Mrs. Smith, like yes right exactly like they're going to destroy the room and then have sex on broken glass um instead of walking on broken glass like the NA like song <laughs> fucking on broken glass that should be a song um anyway um no, okay. So I get what you're saying, and I do understand, and I do agree that this one definitely looked more real because of how visceral and like you know uh, the Dominican versus the Florida man uh, was definitely you know like a fight. But again, he's not. He never came across as a hand to hand guy, right? He talks about like. He's like he's essentially a woman. He likes to poison people. Well, that it's based on what he's charged with. He right. can make he can right. make it look like an accident. So that it depends on like you know, assassinship isn't just sniping people. No, Sometimes I know, you make I know. It look, but he it, look it just like he never came across so, as someone who was like well. See, that's be where I a, I, a, a good hand to hand pugilist. Yeah. So if 
this and again we don't get any backstory to him right. either which right. could have added a little bit that sure. could have added a little bit more to his character so that's not a big deal to me because he's an assassin if if an assassin doesn't have good hand-to-hand mm-hmm. skills i mean even if because usually an assassin isn't just like a, you know everyday joe yeah so I, again the biggest thing to me in the fight scene overall was and again i don't care how good much i like the fight scene it doesn't elevate the movie right so i mean i know we're focusing on that now still the movie's biggest issues for me was the lack of pacing or yeah well like the pacing issue as well as no cha- fundamental change in his character right which right. if they were going for that that's fine i'm just saying as a viewer i want to see some type of change in a character from start to finish in a movie and we never really get that with him right yeah yeah it's just i don't know i mean I just so, like it was yeah, really again, hard. It was, was just one really of those... hard to get into and care about. Like that's that's the main yeah. thing, right? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. That's, and yes, I yes. like hopping into a uh, a lived-in universe, right? Um, mm-hmm. But this, I don't mind that either. This movie is 118 minutes long. This movie easily could have been 90 minutes. That's this is one of those movies again talking about the some of the stuff that was superfluous. Yeah. It absolutely could have been a ninety-minute movie. It would have cleared up so and that would have much been of the pacing. Yeah. Yes. So. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah, it's so, just. I, I, it's I one of those I mean, that. Again, yeah. it's it's honestly to me, it's going to be like, and I, you know, pro- just for me. Right. I'm not going to watch it again. Oh no! I'm never I will watch that fight again. scene again. No, I'm never watching it. It reminds me of uh, what is that? Um, it, it rem- uh, the Bond movie. The fight with uh, Dave Batista. I'm not going to watch that Bond movie again. Oh, um, but I'll watch that fight the, scene. The one after Skyfall again. was it? Was that Spectre? Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I never finished Spectre because when they killed Batista, I was like, I don't, know, I don't care about this movie. <laughs> so again, it's it's so. it's one of those where for me it has a memorable scene, but there's a lot of forgettable stuff in it. Yeah, and like the fact that he has five, a I girlfriend at one of his hideouts. It's like, how irresponsible are you? Again, they're like you said. If you cut nine, if you cut this yeah. down to ninety minutes, there's a lot of. And again, right. I usually don't go with you on these. A ninety-minute movie of this would have been so much better to me. I think. So, okay. I, I don't think there's a question. It would have been better. So I think after talking about this movie, you should reduce your five to a three because you agree with me. That no. This movie is trash. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So. No. I mean, like we disagree on this. You movie, are wrong, like... sir. <laughs> yeah. And again. Yeah, yeah I, I just, you've given invincible I, like higher scores than me. Yeah, for example, I do not think this was a good movie. I'm a little mad that you made me watch it. <laughs> but well, that being said, I've made you, you know watch what? some crap. So <laughs> yeah, I was about to say tough stuff, man. Tough stuff. But um, I almost was like, I almost called you after watching it and said, "Can we just talk about Grand Tresmo instead?" Because <laughs> you finally watched it. Oh yeah! Oh man, that was so good. It was really so good. So anyway, I really like how they made it a game, right? Uh, just right. how they would. That was Sorry. so so cool. We'll we'll save that one for for Certified Infamous at the end of the year. Yeah, but I mean that's my favorite movie still this year that I've watched. Uh, I don't. No, know. it's not the like, best movie I've seen. It's just the one I've. Oh enjoyed no, the no, most. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I'm not when I say like yeah, I'm not saying it's the best movie, but I mean, yeah, it was it was. Again, like you told me already, yeah. but actually seeing it, like man, it was this was deeper than I thought it was going to be. 
So, yeah, but and the real guy it's funny. The real guy was his own stunt double, by the way. Yeah, Jan, that's the best part. That's so, really cool. I don't know. I mean, it might change when anyone but you comes out later this year. That might be my favorite movie. <laughs> Wait a minute. When does that come out? December 15th. Oh, okay. okay. It's got Alexandra Ship in it, too. She's really good. I like her a lot. She was Storm in the later X yeah. movies. Perfect casting. Yes. But anyway. So, All right. Well, we went over an hour today. Yes. And uh, uh, we're going to have to. That is perfect timing because it's 1157 a.m. And you've got to go watch the Michigan Wolverines eat some mock turtle soup. <laughs> yes. So pound those turtles. Yeah. Just run them over, crack their shells, do what you got to do. So I wonder if um, John Harbaugh. Wait, which one's the Michigan coach? Jim. Jim. So I wonder if John Harbaugh's going to show up and be like, you know what? I got this for you, bro. <laughs> That would be hilarious. So, on the uh, sidelines, yeah, of course, you know, with his track record of coaching, the quarterback's going to be injured and be out for the rest of the year. So, who knows? All right. On that note, thank you all for listening. This episode is Jover. We will talk to you later. See ya. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons who are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.